G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. In particular, of interest to us, of course, is what's going on across the Tasman in terms of football. Uh, and uh, we've got Ricardo Ball in here, uh, the host of Extra Time on SCNZ, of course, and uh, a noted football fan, a rocker. A rocker. He owns uh, more black T-shirts than I've had DB exports, and that's going. That is saying something. I've got to say, Ricardo. Nice to see you in person. It's been a long time. It has been, Smithy. I think the last time I saw you uh, in person was the, the station launch that we had down the waterfront. That's uh, way back. Uh, I think June, almost June last year. Yeah, so. it's been a while. Yeah, mate. Uh, I tell you right here and now. I've been following the the Phoenix men and and, and women side of things because, of course, so exciting. we uh, with the women uh, being in the competition this time around. It hasn't been easy. I, I, I thought we knew it wouldn't be. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you know, it's a team that wasn't didn't exist um, three months out from the start of the competition. And so all the other clubs already had rosters. They already had programs. They were already doing pre-season almost, you know. They, 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 uh, so, you know, Gemma Lewis and, and the team at the Knicks were, were starting a long way behind the eight ball. And, I mean, the average age of the squad is 19, mm. you know, so it's a lot of kids. Um, it's interesting. I had a chat with Paul Eiffel a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him the question about the team. I said, are you happy with where they are? Uh, you know, are they where they should be? And he said, I think they're ahead of where they should be, to be mm. honest. He said, sure, the results aren't coming at the moment, but the way they're playing and the signs on the field are positive. So they're, they're being competitive, they're giving teams uh, problems, and even against the top teams, they are, you know, there's individual errors and little lapses, he said, but in general, they're, they're playing some really good football. And the interesting thing for me about this is, this is the social side of it. I mean, we all thought, uh, and they probably did thought, this is going to be exciting, mm. you know. Um, here we are, this young group of uh, girls have been hauled together very quickly. Uh, we're going to spend the next uh, four, five, six months of our life, possibly, outside of home, away from home. That, that goes well when you're going well and everything's operating well. Uh, I just wonder, it's been tough. I mean, uh, they started in the law, and everyone thought, this is going to be better than we thought. Yeah. Uh, last week they blew a, what, a 2-0 lead. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I just wonder how hard it's been for these young kids. Yeah, well, I don't think it'll be easy at all. Uh, and I, But I think the fact that Gemma Lewis and Natalie, uh, who, who run the coaching group, have worked with a lot of them in the Future Ferns Development Program under New Zealand football mm. has probably helped. And Gemma Lewis is very much a put-an-arm-around-a-player type coach rather than give them a spray type coach. Mm. And given you've got so many young people away from home, probably a lot of them for the first time, for a, for any length of time in a professional environment for the first time for a lot of them as well, that's probably what they need. They need more assurance and hand-holding than they need you know, the Fergie hairdryer type treatment. Mm. Well, I've only scored three goals, I think, so far. Uh, and that must irk them when they, they look across at their compatriot, uh, Hannah Wilkinson, who oh. scored, what, nine or ten yeah. in, in, in a uh, very short space of time. So frustrating that we can't have it. So they have to address that. Yeah, they do. Uh, I, I remember uh, having that this conversation actually about the, the striking um, position and talking about Grace Jarley because she's seen very much as a player who could be a Hannah Wilkinson but mm. needs time uh, needs experience probably needs to improve her movement 
Um, so uh, it's just awareness, things like that, and it, and it, obviously it's experience because Jale, at how old is she? Twenty, mm, mm. you know, doesn't have the experience that Hannah Wilkinson's had, who's played in the professional leagues in Sweden and Germany uh, and the US before. So I think it'll come. I mean, it would be great to next year be able to sign Hannah Wilkinson and maybe you know Rebecca Stott and one or two others and have a a spine of more experienced ferns. Um, but I think. Outside of that, then what they're doing and the players they've got uh, is probably where we were at. I think we're going to be patient and we'll continue to all. Uh, they're, they're there for the long haul. Yeah. Um, we should be too. Uh, the men have been there for a while. Um, but man, no, no one expected uh, that they'd have 19 players that would have had COVID over a period of time. Uh, when the coaches got a training and over five can turn up, really weird. But tonight they've got Western United. What are we expecting here? It's going to be interesting given how long it's been since the Phoenix have played. Really, I think we saw signs in the last couple of games that things were tracking the right way. Mm. I, think, I, I definitely think they were going the right way, um, and I think it's been interesting to see someone like Lucas, uh, sorry, Nicholas Pennington, who's come in, uh, started to get a few, a bit more of an opportunity. And I think it's really important that those uh, that guys like uh, Rufa and um, Clayton Lewis have a bit of pressure on them um, and that there's someone there knocking on the door because I think they may have been a bit guilty, well, particularly Alex Rufo, of thinking, well, I'm the captain of the team. Mm. I'm not going to get dropped and maybe his performances have dropped off a wee bit. All right. Okay. Interesting. That Sandoval comes in? Yes, Sandoval, Sandoval will be available. And that's, the other thing that the Phoenix have struggled with this season is after they lost to Villa, you know, last season that was David Ball could create, De Villa was the main creator, Piscopo could create if De Villa was off or mm. m- tightly marked. This season, it's really just all been on Piscopo, and he's just been getting lumps kicked out, and if you shut down Piscopo, you shut down the Phoenix going forward. Well, Sandoval will give them more balance. Sandoval can play on the left. You'll probably see that means Piscopo will play more on the right and then uh, you can also have David Ball playing a bit centrally and that should give the Phoenix more options, more avenues to create and make them harder to contain. They, they had Hooper for you know, and he, he was a threat. Then he, he had to go home, didn't he? I, I haven't heard, um, perhaps should know, but I haven't heard what's happened as a result of that. Yeah, well, he was supposed to be back on December the 27th, but I don't think he's back yet. No. I, haven't, I haven't seen, it's gone very quiet. To be honest, um, I, if uh, when you said that, I was like, actually, that's a really good point because we, we haven't seen sight nor sound of him. So, mm. yeah, I mean, and Hooper is super important in mm. terms of, you know, just an out and out goal scorer. I mean, I think uh, Arsene Wenger dubbed that position the fox in the box, the guy that can just turn up and, and, you know, nudge a ball in from six yards somewhere. And he is that that type of player. And we don't have that type of player at the moment. I'll add that to the loss of, uh, of Taylor, of course, of uh, De Villa. Uh, what should we be expecting? Uh, they've lost now, what, four in a row. So uh, bearing in mind the build-up to this game, which has been non-existent, uh, what are we expecting? And long-term now, what can we hope for the season? I think there's the... I th- it depends if they can bring in another player. They, there is talk about another player potentially coming in. They, they of course, uh, brought in uh, Wooten as well. Scott Wooten, the centre-back, who played at United, played mm. at Leeds. Um, so he should shore things up at the back and give them other options I mean it means if he can play centrally you can play Tim Payne either as a holding midfielder which is where he used to play or you can play him as a fullback which is a job he's done for the Phoenix in the past mm. so those are options it gives Ufuk more options and probably gives us a bit more solidity at the back so if they can get that partnership established there and give us more solidity there I think there's no reason that why the Knicks can't push on and, and still make the playoffs this season 
Okay, let's hope for that, uh, Ricardo. I certainly do, and I'm uh, watching them uh, every time they play. I'm looking forward to tonight, actually. Uh, uh, interesting, uh, as we speak, there's a uh, English Football League Cup game going on. Uh, we're into about the 68th minute, Liverpool leading 1-0. Uh, against Arsenal, who uh, are at home here, so uh, that's uh, of interest to us. As is a lot of football, of course, uh, in England uh, yesterday. Interesting games. Tottenham, my Tottenham, uh, hell of a comeback in extra yeah, time. What was, was that about? Oh, that was crazy. Um, Stephen Bergwijn, the Dutch winger that came on, talk about a injury time specialist. He got booked and then he scored two. Uh, you staggering. know, just absolutely staggering. And you know, Leicester, well, you could see at the end, Leicester were absolutely gutted because mm. uh, they'd led that match and probably deservedly so on the balance of play for most of it. So, yeah, great result. Uh, interesting uh, that you've got that performance out of Bergvine because he was a player that two weeks ago Conte was talking about shifting on. Mm. So there was an interest in Ajax and things yeah. like that. So, has Conte done that to give this guy a rocket? And this is now the result, or was he actually looking at moving him on? It's uh, an interesting thing. I don't think they'll, he'll be leaving this this window now, though. I would imagine no, that performance he'll no, stay. Absolutely, find something and you keep it. Man, you uh, good yesterday against Brentford, three one, convincing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first half wasn't great. Brentford probably had the better chances in the first half, but in the second half, you saw what Ralph Rangnick has been trying to do with United. He's been tra- he's been uh, switching between some formations. When he first got there, he wanted to play. A four-two-two-two, which is unusual and quite narrow. Mm. Uh, and then he's obviously realised now that that's probably not the best use of the players he's got. So he's reverted to a four-three-three. And that's given Fred a little bit more licence to go forward. Right. McTominay's playing the six, just anchoring the midfield. And, um, you know, I think Fred now... Uh, has had three assists in three games, his last three games for United, and is starting to turn into something like a secondary playmaker uh, alongside Fernandes. Enlighten me uh, on the subject of Man United, which is, uh, of course, Ronaldo. This chant at the Australian Tennis Open, you, mm. have you been hearing about this? The Seul? Seul, yeah. Tell us a wee bit about more that. Well, it's, it's just something that Cristiano Ronaldo does when he when he scores a goal, when he celebrates. Right. So he does, he's got the famous celebration where he runs to the corner with his arms outstretched, puffs the chest out, and he goes, Sioux! As he, as he does it, and that's where it's come from. And yeah. the fans picked up on it, the football fans picked up on it, they do it back to him when he celebrates a goal, and it's obviously just gone on from there. So how does it, how does it apply to these tennis players as such? I have no idea. Really? No. It's got me baffled. Yeah, I, mean, I, I obviously had them baffled because they thought they were being booed. Yeah, well, I think the fans are doing it because they they see it as like some sort of new modern chant. Like, you remember uh, the Canberra Raiders fans all started right. doing the Viking clap after Iceland had the great Euros. I think it's just something that's gone viral. It's become part of, you know, part of pop culture, if you like, and they've just tried to adopt it in there. But, yeah, I think, was it Andy Murray was kind mm-hmm. of scratching his head about it? It was a bit confused. Medvedev they've copped it. Yeah. And they all thinking, what have I done wrong here? You know? It's it's a celebration of a good shot, basically. Yeah. I think is how fans are, uh, are using it in tennis. Okay, but if you're a player, I mean, I watch it on the TV because some uh, somebody told me about it, and I was like, and I went and watched some, and I was like, oh, it does sound like they're booing. Yeah. and then it came out later. No, this is what they're doing. But well, I can tell you, the boss is walking around this morning with a Newcastle shirt on. Ooh. It's not a good look. If anyone needs to be booed, it's him. Uh, I think absolutely <laughs> right. So he he's walking around as such. Yeah, um, very proudly displaying it, of course, now because. Um, we're Newcastle fans, apparently. Oh. Chris Wood's there. Yeah. But, uh, I read the report, particularly from Paul Merson. Mm. Uh, Paul Merson, after his first game, not at all complimentary. No, he wasn't. And I, I, 
Merce is was a great player, mm. and he makes some good valid points. But it's the guy's first game. I, don't, I think he had one training session with the team, um, and he put himself in the right positions. He had a couple of opportunities. So maybe if uh, maybe if give him a, a couple more games before mm. you say this is a, a rubbish signing. I, I still think he's got three goals for the season so far. I still think he'll end up somewhere between 12 and 15 goals. Newcastle are a far more attacking side than Burnley. Kieran Trippier, the English right-back they've signed from Atletico Madrid, mm. set-piece specialist, and roves up and down that right wing. I mean, that is made, that's a partnership made uh, to score goals. Trippier's right foot, Chris Wood's head, I think, uh, is, is going to be important for Newcastle. If they can do that, will they survive? I think they probably will. Yeah, uh, as un- unfortunately, I'd love to see them go down. Um, but, really? Yeah, but I but I think I think they probably will have enough, and uh, they the window's not closed yet. And you got to think that Burnley they've taken Burnley's biggest weapon away. Mm. Uh, Norwich are, are rubbish. I know yeah. they beat Everton the other day, but they're, they're, they're pretty average. Uh, and Watford are down there as well, and Everton are getting dragged into it. I think Newcastle are probably better than uh, three of those teams. And we'll probably survive. This weekend, uh, we're looking in the Premier League. Uh, Manu, West Ham, Chelsea, Tottenham. Big games? Big games, yeah. Big game, especially a big game. Well, I mean, they're big games for all the teams, but I think especially a big game for Chelsea this weekend because, you know, they've lost that game to Man City. Then they've gone and drawn at Brighton midweek, and that, I, th- I think it means they've only won five of their last 13, I think, mm. Chelsea. They've really started to fall away, uh, and Tuchel's becoming more and more aggravated with the situation. And I don't, I've, I'm starting to think, because he tinkers so much, he's now lost what's my best team. Mm. Uh, and the Lukaku situation hasn't helped. You know, Lukaku, when he came into this team at the beginning of the season, they weren't playing great, but he was scoring goals. Then he got injured, and they had to play without him. And Tuchel almost had them playing a bit like City do without a striker. You know, mm. they, they had Havertz, who's attacking midfielder, playing in the nine role, and they actually looked better without Lukaku, and that, that's when they started stringing performances together. And now I think Lukaku may have disrupted things again. He's back, and I think Tuchel is second-guessing himself. So I think uh, yeah, Chelsea could be looking over their shoulders at West Ham, United, uh, Tottenham, Arsenal, mm. as uh, as are we going to keep our place in the top four? Still 1-0 as we speak. Uh, in the uh, 74th minute, 1-0 to Liverpool over Arsenal. Uh, which brings me to Liverpool. Uh, are we toast? Is it done? Oh, yeah, I think so. In the Premier League, you mean? Mm. Yeah, I think it's City's title. I think Liverpool needed City to drop points at Chelsea, and it didn't happen. I, think, I, think, I just think City are too far ahead now. Uh, Liverpool have got a couple of games back-to-back, and they're missing Salah, they're missing Mane, they're missing Cater. I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool drop points between now and the end of the African Nations Cup as well that just gives City even more of a lead and then City will be able to just concentrate on Champions League because that's where they want to be. Ricardo, it's always a pleasure um, because when you talk to someone, uh, the first thing you want to do is be better informed and you never, ever let me down on that. So thank you very much for your time. I look forward to your work. You continue to work on the station as well in the new year. Thank you, mate. Cheers, Smithy. Cheers. All the best. Ricardo Ball there.